All right, heads up, podcast listeners. Sports Key to Wrestling, I am Kevin. This episode you're going to hear has two shows in one download. You're going to get the debrief, our post-AEW, post-NXT review show with Jose G, and and you're going to get the Thursday edition of Top Story with me, Kev Kellum, and Jeremy Bennett running down the big news about Cesaro, Brian Cage, and MJF. Another chaotic Wednesday night in AEW. Buddy Matthews shows up and shows his allegiance to the House of Black. On NXT, Dolph Ziggler tried to get a win over Tommaso Ciampa and did with the help of Bobby Roode. Or should I say Robert Roode. We're going to jump into all of this and more tonight here on The Debrief. It's Wednesday night, and you know what time it is. It's time for the debrief here on Sports Keto Wrestling. I'm your host, Jose G. Next to me, the top Chico himself, Rico El Glorioso. And uh, it's it's an eventful Wednesday night. It's been an eventful week. We had a good show last night on NXT. Some, some stuff went down as Dolph Ziggler brought uh, Bobby Roode or Robert Roode. Over to uh, over to the multicolored brand as we should call it now, and uh, and a lot of stuff went down tonight. It was promo night on AEW. A lot of stuff went down. It was a good night. What's up, Broski? How you been? Oh man, I'm feeling great, Jose. Uh, it's we, we're well on the way to you know Road to WrestleMania on WWE, but we're on the road to Revolution in AEW as things continue to heat up. As we get closer and closer, more matches being filled out. Some really, really good matches. Looking forward to this upcoming card for Revolution. We'll talk about it all in a little bit, but how are you doing, Jose? I'm doing great, bro. I'm excited to talk about tonight, uh, about what went down in AEW. But before we get into that, guys, as always, show us the love and support by engaging with the show and subscribing to our channel. Uh, Right now, our YouTube channel is not available. We're having some technical difficulties with it. A lot of you guys that tuned in early into the top story kind of know what's going on with our youtube channel so until further notice keep watching us here on facebook uh especially on the sports kita all elite page so show us some love on the all elite page because we're trying to build that page up as well so make sure you head on over if you're tuning in for the first time head over to the sports kita all elite page on facebook and set your notifications on to see first so anything aew related we're going to be posting over there. Uh, guys, so thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and jump into AEW Dynamite because it was an eventful one. We had a oh, bunch man. of promos, but it started off hot, dude. We had a 10-man tag team battle royal. It was chaotic to start off with. It's funny because my wife, she as soon as AEW started, she's getting ready to go to the room and do her own thing. You know, as on Wednesday nights, it's a busy night. And and she's like, what the hell is going on? Because she sees so many people in the ring. Uh, this was awesome. This was a fun uh, 10-man ten tag team battle royale. The winners ended up being Red Dragon. But we got all these awesome encounters, dude. We got FTR and the Young Bucks. FTR and Red Dragon. FTR and the best friends. Oh. The best friends. And uh, and and Red Dragon. So it's like, and then at one point it was it was 
FTR, Young Bucks, Red Dragon. It's like, yeah, wow. Like, the if you follow three. these guys, if you follow these guys' career over the last five years, everything just kind of came full circle in this battle royale kind of choice, right? There were so many storylines that you know have been told whether whether it was an AEW or whether it was abroad or even in you know ROH or if it was an impact, like all of these really great tag teams. They all come across each other, and we knew how long it was before FTR and Young Bucks would finally get their, you know, little stint in AEW when, you know, one was in WWE, the other one was creating AEW. But, then, like, they allowed so many people to show out in this match, which I thought was great. Like, the biggest pop for the night was John Silver. Johnny Hungy Chairs yeah, were going to throw out the match, even though Alex Reynolds got eliminated fairly earlier on in the match. He lasted quite a long time. I thought they told a great story, especially when one member of each of the teams got eliminated. Like, they set up all of those moments, whether it was Trent facing off against Santana and thinking about their history when they had their, you know, uh, backstage brawl, essentially, you know, between each other. And then FTR and Young Bucks. And then Red Dragon getting involved and knowing their history and them not having been, you know, in the indies being, you know, tied up in WWE and NXT for a little bit. But finally being here with these tag teams. And again, these are 10 amazing tag teams for just mm-hmm. one battle royal. And yet we have the tag team division and some other shows that are struggling to get to that point. But they told so many great stories and set so many seeds up for potential storylines going forward, which I thought was great. I think the right winner won. I thought that was a great story too, because it came down to uh, John Silver, uh, Matt Jackson, mm-hmm. and Kyle O'Reilly. And Kyle O'Reilly was about to you know, take out John Silver, but he feigns an arm injury. So... Uh, Matt Jackson goes and eliminates John Silver, and as he's doing that, Kyle O'Reilly eliminates him too. So now the Red Dragon has solidified their spot in the triple threat match for those AEW Tag Team Championships at Revolution. So now the question is, who's going to join them next week as the winner of the Casino Battle Royale? So again, not just going to be 10 teams starting off. It's going to be four different groups of teams, and then one Joker, this goes, that are going to be involved in this battle royal and the winner, which is going to be in a triple That's your pick. That's your pick. That's who you think is going to be coming over. That's going to be the next person walking through that forbidden doors. Everybody wants the Briscoes. Everybody seems to be, everybody knows the situation with ring of honor and the Briscoes and, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the contracts being released, you know, late last Mm -hmm. year. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Briscoes make an appearance in their uh, casino battle royale. Uh, So it'll be, It'll be interesting. We'll see uh, as things progress, as we uh, get closer to revolution. Guys, if you're just tuning in for the first time, make sure you are hitting the like button, sharing tonight, showing your favorite wrestling group. If you're watching this right now on Facebook, go ahead and do that. Tag your wrestling friends in the comment section so they can join in on the conversation and let us know and sound off on what you thought on tonight's AEW Dynamite. Uh, Rico, so we mentioned a little bit earlier there was a lot of promos tonight. Uh, Brand, yeah, Brand right, right yeah. after that tag team battle royal. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, Hangman Adam Page comes out and mimics and kind of makes fun of the story time with Adam Hangman Page instead of Adam Cole, baby. Uh, and uh, he, he went into story mode, bro. What happened here? Uh, it was great. So he comes out after the match and he's, you know, Getting ready for a story time with Heyman and Page, baby. And he tells this great story, basically talking about the upcoming match between him and Adam Cole. Going to be a revolution for that AEW championship. 
And he even says, you know, in character, essentially, you know, in this telling of the story that in this matchup, the better Adam will win. Uh, And of course, it's going to end with a loud buckshot. And the sound you're going to hear is boom, as Hangman is going to retain his championship. Uh, But of course, this was after uh, Adam Cole tried to attack Hangman from behind, didn't work. John Silver came to the rescue, taking out uh, Red Dragon and, of course, setting up Kyle O'Reilly for that buckshot lariat. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if we get a continuation of the storyline, you know, regardless of who wins between uh, the Battle of the Atoms here. Uh, But we'll probably get, at some point, the Paragon versus Dark Order uh, with Hangman. So I think that would be a great match. And, yeah, good good call, Ricky Castillo. The Hardys would be a good one, too, for the Joker. But at this point, it's a Young Bucks match to lose because they're already telling a great story between Red Dragon, Young Bucks, and Lucha – I'm sorry, uh, Jurassic Express with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I mean, the timing is almost there, right, for for the Hardys to make an appearance. It's like – it's like – it's like knife heads thin. We'll see. We'll see if they'll surprise us. I love this comment here by Jason Robinson on Facebook. He's Bro. saying promo class tonight was fun, guys. Yes, it was. And we're we're about All to the jump into level of promos. This is we're about to jump into one of the greatest promos I've seen in a very long oh, time. Man. And I started getting texts from other people. It's like, wow, was this, was this real? I mean, like, I don't know if this is real. Well, did you like it? Did it move you? I'm like. They're like, yeah, well, okay then. Then then that's that's MJF's job. MJF dropped a pretty badass promo tonight, dude. But I think uh his best promo to date within in being an AEW. Uh he touched a lot about his past. He got sentimental, he got teary-eyed, he talked about being made fun of and being bullied, being on the football team and not being really accepted by the football team because being a Jew boy. Uh and you know, he looked up to CM Punk. CM Punk was his hero. He made it a decision in his life that he wanted to be a professional wrestler like CM Punk and live like his idol. But then when CM Punk left in 2014, he's like, you left me, you left them. And and now I, I made a conscious decision It that I'm not only going to do this, uh, I'm going to do this not for you, but to speak bite you but like the emotion that he put behind every single word in that promo whatever acting class mjf is taking kudos to him because he got me teary-eyed man i think this this is one of his best promos that he's done it was very convincing very telling very compelling Mm -hmm. because uh you know they're they're even till this very day, there is a lot of anti-Semitism and we don't want to go down that rabbit hole and get all political and all that stuff, but it is something that it is relatable, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the Northeast in Connecticut, there is a lot of, a lot of Jewish presence over there. So I, I the fans, the fans seem to be behind them after he dropped that promo. It was, it was weird. Then we had CM Punk coming out and running and just kind of like, are you for real? Like, and I'm like, Punk, don't play. I'm like, you lost me, Punk. Sorry. I'm done. Punk, I used to like you. Now I fucking just hate you. Because why? you didn't even need to come out after that promo. MJF could have just walked away and everybody would have been happy. CM Punk ruined it for me. And it's just crazy to think. Because at the beginning of the promo, you, it, you were against him because he was coming out and he was obviously trying to play to the crowd. 
right? He was trying to play off of what we saw last week when he was basically left speechless from CM Punk in the promo that CM Punk did. So the first part, it seemed like he was trying to be endearing to the crowd. And it's like, all right, now you're coming off like you're, you're going to be lying here. But the story he told, so whether or not the person of Maxwell Jacob Friedman experienced all this or not, the character of MJF that we saw believes it 100%, and he displayed it all out there tonight. And so much so that even if, again, he didn't do it himself, the character lived that, and he was living through that character where Mm -hmm. he got into these emotions. Like, he started choking up. He started bringing out the tears, whether acting or not. There has to be some level of, you know, work to shoot because it came out very heartfelt, very true. So I think there was more truth than there was lies. And I was in awe. I'm like, this is the best promo he's ever done even, because he went from even being if hated it, okay, to even being if supported it was a lie. by everybody. Even if it was a lie, the, <laughs> the point of it. this was ah. to entertain you, and right? Like, and if you're asking questions, at, yes, yes. And afterwards... If you're still asking, was that real? Was that, what does it matter? It doesn't matter if it's real or not, right? right? What matters is now that now that he told a different told side of story. the story from the character, mm-hmm. then now you can sympathize with. Yeah, that's the and, point of the character right now. And then just like you said, then CM Punk comes out without the music, so which is great because it's not about him. It's him like just coming out in the moment, and be like, "Wait, is it really true?" Even though his acting wasn't as great as MJF's. Yeah, like. It told that part because in MJF, his response is just with those tears. Like you can see the glint, the, the tears. There's like a little bit of moisture here. He just looks at CM Punk and then he just walks away without saying anything, which was yeah the perfect way to end that. So now it's like, uh, you know what? I'm actually kind of behind CM Punk, uh, behind MJF on this one against CM Punk. Like I'm, I'm on his side a little bit now. You know, he did exactly. endear me a little bit. So this gets even better heading into their match of Revolution. So uh, it's. Man, I, I just can't wait for the story that these guys are going to tell heading into the match and even leaving the match because you know this is not going to be any of this. So. And and just like uh, Joseph Austin watching us on Facebook is saying, he's saying, if you have to ask if it's real, MJF did his job. Yeah, because you can't tell. Oh, is that a character? Is it, work? it doesn't matter. Like, he portrayed it exactly as he should have on TV. But if we're talking about another presentation that just completely caught us off guard, we have the debut of Penta Oscuro. Oh, I'm so glad to see Penta Dark debut in. You mean, you mean, you mean, you mean the Penta Taker, bro? Like coming out of the tube. So I thought it was Alex doing the the whole like little monk kind of thing. I thought it was the whole it's the Mexican was awesome. Mexican Undertaker, brother, the Penta Taker. Penta Taker, bro. I'm all for it. And coming out with the shovel and everything, like I, I love. I think the best part it. of the bit, the best part of the bit, was Alex Abrahantes, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like in the makeup, he's got the whole thing going on. He's carrying like the the the, the shovel for him and so just kind of like guiding him and just like so like committed to the bit. And I yeah. thought that was hilarious. I thought that was great. Uh, but dude, I think what we got from this matchup. Was oh. way more than that we expected because oh. not only we got the debut of Pentagon Dark, but we got the debut as you guys saw in the opening. Buddy Matthews shows up. Malachi Black is absolutely stunned because if you guys follow the history of these two, these guys had a crazy rivalry on SmackDown a few years ago. So 
these guys really just went at it. One of the best matchups and one of the best uh, overall rivalries I've ever seen is Buddy Matthews and Malister Black. Uh, but here in AEW, as you saw, he lined and he lines himself up with the Kings of the Black Throne, representing the House of Black. I think this is a great matchup. I think this is awesome. And is it me or did Buddy Matthews get bigger? Bro, he all he had was nothing but time to just get bigger buffer to match the the physiques of Malachi Black and Brody King. You know when you're describing physiques and bodybuilding, you know they're just like you know you're swole, you know you're jacked, you're shredded, and then you got the absolute unit. That's what <laughs> that's what Bro. Buddy Matthews is right. Now. I'm waiting for him to glow and start floating here in just a moment. At this point, which uh, we finally got some clarification, so now. Uh, they were introduced by Justin Roberts tonight as honoring the House of Black. So the House of Black is the overall stable. But this team of Brody King and Malachi, Malachi Black are the kings of the Black Throne. But they have, of course, referenced the House of Black with the newest edition of, ba of Buddy Matthews, which I thought was great because Penta got the win in a very smart way. Because when, uh, when Malachi was about to go back for the mist, Penta Dark blocks his mouth, basically making him choke on the mist himself. Getting the pinfall win for himself and Pac. But, of course, after the match, uh, we have, of course, the attack from uh, the Kings of the Black Throne. Lights come out. Buddy Matthews shows up. It looks like he's going to face off against Malachi Black. But if you guys saw the promo and I've been following everything, we knew he was going to line himself with the House of Black, which he did, uh, effectively stomping the head of Pentagon Dark in his debut after he just got the one. Getting smashed into the chair, thanks to Buddy Matthews. And, of course, the lights cut out, and the House of Black disappeared. So we got multiple supernatural forces at work between uh, the Pentataker and the House of Black. But I'm here for it, because these are all the messy, talented guys. And any matchup between these guys is going to be amazing, whether it's Penta versus Buddy or Malachi or Brody. Like, it's going to be an amazing match. So it's, And the same thing with Pac, too. So I would like to see Pac and the Juggernaut of the Cruiserweight division in 205 Live. Get to see them actually go to their full potential, though, here at AEW, not being held back by the 205 Live division. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for any of these matchups that we're going to get forward from these guys. Uh, we got Mike Kang watching us here in uh, on Facebook. Asking, <laughs> is that the guy that dated Rey Mysterio's daughter? Yes, that was uh, during the pandemic when we had the Casa de los Misterios <laughs> angle. Um, so, yes, that is him. Buddy Buddy Murphy at that time, Buddy Matthews yeah. now. Yes, that is him. Uh, how long is Ray Phoenix going to be out? I do not know. Uh, no weeks you from know, the separated shoulder from that horrible t table spot. Well, so. Yeah, no, that was really bad. So I don't know how long he's going to be out, but we wish him a speedy and quick recovery. Speaking of promo class, Rico, Jeez, uh, the promos <laughs> continued tonight. We had Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston drop a okay promo. I think this was this Man. wasn't bad. I think this is more <laughs> just it felt like Jericho was giving a motivational speech. Like might as well put Jericho in uh, you know with Tony Robbins, right? It's like if you're thinking <laughs> you could do it, your thoughts become things. You know, your own really only reason you're not successful is because you're a fate of freely. You have yeah, achievophobia. Achievophobia. So so Jericho's a psychologist, he's a musician, he's a professional wrestler, and a motivational speaker now, right? 
and then mini so, trains. Yes. A Jericho so, of all trains. A true, a true, yes, a, a, <laughs> a, a true Renaissance man, if you if you must if you must say. But uh, Kingston just responding a little bit of shots uh, on WWE. Oh. You know, sport mentioning sports entertainment. You know, because you guys need a little bit of sports entertainment. But I'm going to give you a little bit more entertainment, and then. This one part where Jericho, like, he's uh, saying baby faces and heels, and this, he's like, All What's a journey. baby face? And then, and then, like, What's a baby face? Like, trying to protect kayfabe. Like, if you watch AEW, it's because you know that kayfabe's broken. Yeah, especially when it's Eddie Kingston, because all he does was mention everything outside of the kayfabe itself, even mentioning so, uh. Yeah, like you mentioned the achievophobia. I did like the little back and forth between, oh, yeah, sports entertainer. Yeah, yeah. well, you know what? I'm going to go back to the sports entertaining side because at least I'm entertaining. Trying to take another dig at Eddie Kingston and telling him, like, really, it all comes from you being jealous of me. Because when you first got announced at AEW, I was like, I thought you were Eddie Edwards. I didn't even know who the hell you were. But, hey, congrats <laughs> on making it at 38. You're just jealous because I made it here by 22, and I've been doing it for this many years. They go back and forth. But I did like how, of course, this led to um, leads to a match that we're going to see at Revolution between these two, where Eddie Kingston even comes back and says, hey, you know what? Fine, I'll have this match, but I don't want this Jericho. You know, I don't want the mimosa match against Orange Cassidy Jericho. I don't want the Jericho that took a dive off a cage through a whole bunch of boxes on the side of the floor Jericho. I want the first ever AEW champion, Chris Jericho. I want the Jericho that your friend Levesque hates. So, of course, just tying that back into because again they were in connecticut because even telling them like oh if you want that sports entertainment crap just go down the block talking about wwe headquarters while they were over here in, in connecticut so he did oh, Bridge, really bridgeport yeah yeah same i mean connecticut it's tiny but he does reference that so he does cross that line a little bit you know of work shoot but of course it's going to lead to it should be a brutal affair because, again, you know, it's these guys going to be hard hitting. And we'll see if Jericho is able to defeat Eddie or if Eddie is going to earn that respect. Because he said, if you beat me, if you can beat me and you can win the big one, because that's where your achievophobia comes from, is you've never been able to win the big one. I will give you all the respect in the world. But we'll see if Eddie Kingston is going to be able to have enough. I'll shake your hand and give you the utmost oh, respect. respect. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, able to man. That. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, at least we finished off with some promos, but no, we had a backstage. We had another backstage promo uh, this time with AHFO and Andrade for the upcoming TNT matchup that they got. He's got against Sammy Guevara. Uh, and they, when I say they, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Andrade, do a little are challenging Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Sting to the first ever Tornado Trios match trios at match. AEW Revolution. Is this match something that, that hypes you up at all? I really... Just, it kind of came out of nowhere. It did. And, and I know they're trying to just shoehorn in as many big-name talents and you know try to get as many guys involved in the action. Like, the just the idea that we're going to get on Friday anyway between Andrade and Sammy, like, that's a match I want to see. You know, and then mm -hmm. even like Andrade and Sting could be fine, or Darby Allen versus Andrade. Like, there's a lot of good matchups there, but I get it. You know, they're trying to put everybody in here. They're trying to get Sting on a pay per view because to get more people onto it, uh, he has a little bit more protection being a Tornadoes Trails match. So all six guys are going to be wrestling at the same time. Now, 
is it going to be a traditional match? Or are we going to see one of the cinematic matches like we got with the uh, Darby Allen Sting versus Team Taz that we had in that? I doubt warehouse? that. We're not. We're not that. I don't think we're, we're going back over the there. Pandemic. Yeah, I don't think that. No, I don't think so. But I think this, you know, this it should lead to some intriguing matchups. So we'll see if it delivers at Revolution. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting, right? Because it's this storyline, it, it almost feels like they hit this storyline every other week and it's not consistent, which is why I almost I, I kind of feel why I'm not really that invested because it was we had this point where Andrade was pursuing Darby to bring him over to the AHFO. Darby declined. What what happened after that? Well, we really did we didn't get any more. Unless you're like a hardcore AEW fan, and that's the only thing you watch, like Dark and Elevation and BTE, and you just mm-hmm. consume the entire AEW product, then you're gonna be pretty much okay. But if you're a casual viewer that only watches on Wednesdays, you're not this really you're gonna be like, what's like what's going on here? Uh, but it does fall in line with the storyline, right? But I just wished they probably would have given it a little bit more time. I understand there's too many people now in AEW. There's only so much um, a slotted amount of time that they can get on TV. Uh, but, yeah, it, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't really expecting to see a, a, a Tornado Trios tag match, which is cool because that means it's just a lot more mayhem. There's a lot more people in the ring and people can – beat the hell out of each other and you know the winners we're the winners because we get to watch it uh but i don't think it was necessary to be honest yeah i think they're just really trying to shoehorn in the tnt championship to AEW revolution especially if we're going to have the match on friday between andrade and sammy guevara anyway so they're just trying to get again the champion as well as you know some of the bigger contenders into it but one match that i'm more looking forward to though is that face of the Revolution ladder match? Because we had another qualifying match tonight uh, where we had the FTW champion himself, Absolute Ricky Starks, going up against 10 of the Dark Order. So that was not much of a threat. <laughs> no, I think I think we you needed to have uh, Ricky Starks up in there because you already got three big-ass men in there. You got Wardlow. You got Limitless Keith Lee. And Powerhouse Hobbs. And now you have Ricky Stark. So you have two members of Team Taz, which they made sure to let Keith Lee know about it. And that's the only thing I'm upset is because we haven't gotten more from Keith Lee other than some video segments. And now this He's been on his stage. honeymoon, bro. Relax. He's been on I his know, honeymoon. But like, Tranquilo. Give him, give him some time, Lee, bro. Bro, bro the, the great... They're giving listen, me limits. They're giving me limits watch, on Keith Lee, did, and I don't want limits on Keith Lee. I, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand your frustration. But remember, remember, the greats. You only see the greats when it's an attraction, right? Muhammad Ali, right? <laughs> Goldberg, Right. And I just love how uh, Ricky Starks just—he uh, took a little jab at Keith Lee, talking about talking about his voice and everything like that. I thought it was great, but I love the little stare down between Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee because, just like you said, there's going to be some big men slapping some big meat over here in this uh, Face of Revolution ladder match, outside of Ricky Starks. Uh, but it should be a really entertaining match, and we'll see who's the fifth one to qualify on Friday and who's going to be the special entrant. Like, there's always. Uh, uh, you know, TBD to the night of the event. Who's going to be the number six to get into this face of revolution ladder match? Who knows? Man? I don't know, man. Uh, Brian Cage will be an awesome. He'll be awesome in that matchup. I, that guy can do a lot. 
Uh, I don't know, man. It's it, It'll certainly be interesting to see what happens here in the, in, in the next week uh, leading up into Revolution. Uh, let's jump in over here into the women's matchup, the TBS matchup, Jade Cargill. They're really trying to do Goldberg on her. She even Mind said, who's bro. next? They showed up the graphic of the next one. How do you feel about this? Like, oh. are they going to say Cargill? Car- I mean, is that, it doesn't have the same... It's, oh. it's not as yeah. It doesn't have the same. Uh, I don't know. There has the to same be some copyright infringement on there, right? Like uh, th- there has to be a copyright infringement up in there. But just Jade, 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 because everything she's touching right now is money, including her hair, which I'm gonna miss the silver. But she pulls off green really, really well. And this was a solid match between her and the Bunny, where it looked like they kept trying to put Bunny in a really competitive. Uh, place where she could have possibly gotten the win over Jade Cargill, but I thought the ending was pretty smart because we did have Matt Hardy as well as Mark Sterling at ringside. So Matt tried to slip in the brass knuckles that the Blade and Bunny have been using in their matches, but at the same time, smart Mark Sterling slid in that TBS championship, and having Jade block that punch with the title was great. Uh, the little last cool. segment where like she's that. trying to go for a down the rabbit hole and gets reversed into Jaded worked out perfectly. And now we know who's going to be Jay's next opponent for that TBS championship. Cause as she did her Goldberg impression of who's next out comes Tay Conti. And even though I think she kind of rushed a promo a little bit because Jade had to like throw in there last second. Oh, you did. Oh, you a revolution, a revolution? as she's coming out here. So it's like, and then she's like, yeah. So she's like five foot get- nothing. Yeah, up into the face of Jay Cargill. And then, of course, you had the bunny that gets it with TKO. And then Anna Jay, as part of Team TJ, comes out for the save with the chair and, you know, is able to defend uh, Ty Conti from Jay Cargill. But I think it should be an interesting match. But I don't really see Ty Conti getting the win just yet. I think she will be a champion at some point. But they're just doing such a great job of telling the story with Jade. Like, you just have to keep it going until somebody truly deserves it. So... All hail Jade until Revolution, man. For now, yeah, I agree with you. She's been a pretty dominant champion. I think they they, they put all of the chips on Jade right now. Uh, we just have to see how long this wave is going to ride, right? <laughs> because uh, are they going to go? What was it, one hundred and forty three and zero? It's going to be holding that title for the next four years. <laughs> so, so does that mean next week she's going to be thirty six and zero because all the matches on AEW Dynamite are uh, elevation like... and dark elevation? So Retroactively have... add everything back into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, the, the, so by next week, Jade Cargill is going to be fifty and zero. I mean, whatever. So, Amen. because she had twenty five matches between now and next week, that's how quickly she competes. That's how fine-tuned of an athlete she is to be able to complete uh, compete in 25 matches over the span of a couple hours. So Put Deeb versus Jade. I would watch yeah. that. Hell yeah. I think that would be a, a classic all day. The veteran versus the powerhouse. Hell yeah. I think that would be, that'd be awesome. Uh, we did have an awesome uh, main event. Yeah, yeah. Brian Danielson versus Red Death. Daniel Garcia with 2.0. Uh, Brian Danielson got the win here, but man, this was a hard-hitting affair. Show me the violence. Man, that spot where they're just locked up and they're just exchanging elbows, but they're not just like hitting or tapping. They are swinging and trying to dislocate and break each other's jaw type of hard. It's stupid hard. And uh, and it was was 
it was awesome, dude. I think a lot of the counters, if you're really into the technical wrestling, which you, sh- I mean, if you're watching AEW, you probably are into it. Uh, then this match is for you because I wasn't really much of a Daniel Garcia fan, but after watching this matchup with him and Brian Danielson, I think, uh, I think my opinion has changed on Daniel Garcia now. Yeah, because it it's because of his association with 2.0, and again, you know, Everrise has come a you know a long way from their time in NXT and being basically the joke of the tag team division. Like they're a solid team, and we got to see it in the the battle royal. But you forget again how talented, like you said, how talented Daniel Garcia is. So much so that you know you have to have guys like Moxley or. Brian Anderson. Imagine point that out. guy bulking up another twenty or thirty pounds and just get like super shredded and just kind of like a Cesaro type because he's kind of kind of got that physique like Cesaro. If he's it, like a Cesaro size dude, it, it's like you're trying to have like Cesaro's physique with like Austin Theory's kind of like charisma. That's kind of like where you would get with with Daniel Garcia, and he has a charisma. It's just it's kind of been downplayed because of 2.0. But I think just being th- this rub that you're getting from both Mox and from uh, Brian Anderson. Is gonna do really great things for him, and like mm-hmm. we saw with Lee Moriarty last week, like they mentioned these guys for a specific reason. Like a lot of these older guys, like Moxley, like uh, like uh, Brian Davison and CM Punk, called out some of these guys that they see as immensely talented to give them that opportunity so they can get that rub from them. And it's starting to work. Like seeing those matches last week, this week with Daniel Garcia and Brian Anderson. We are finally going to get that match between Mox and Brian Danielson at Revolution because afterwards, 2.0 tried to attack uh, Brian Danielson after the match. And, of course, this led to John Moxley making the save. And Danielson basically tell him, again, hey, you said you won't team with somebody until you bleed with them? Then fine. We're going to have our match at Revolution. But don't be surprised if you're the only one that bleeds, which we're going to get a hard-hitting affair. They're both going to bleed. But they're going to <laughs> essentially turn into the tag team that – we talked about before, like, this is what we want to see is Mox and Brian Danielson. Imagine them creating their own stable. I think it's going to happen. And I think they're going to bring over. Lee Moriarty. So, they're going to bring over Daniel Garcia. And you're going to have that kind of faction to go up against the house of black at some point, probably with some, uh, you know, like eight of the most talented. Guys I don't know, man. Like, house of black right now is kind of looks, level, looks, a li- looks a little unstoppable with just those three men, but. Uh, guys, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you thought of this night's uh, AEW Dynamite 1 through 10. Uh, I, for one, I thought this was an entertaining show. Very, very promo heavy. Uh, with that with that in mind, the opening match was fun with the, that big battle royal. Uh, and then the last match was also pretty fun. Very physical, very violent. I think I'm going to give this one a 7. Uh, just because of the amount of promos, backstage vignettes that we had. Uh, I think seven is fair. I'm hoping next week they step it up because it is the go-home show. Uh, So I think they needed to establish a lot of things before really hyping it up next week. Uh, For how good the promos were, though, I'm going to give it just a little bit better. I'm going to give it a 7.5. I thought they did some really great things. Like We got to see Penta Dark, which we both watched Lucha Underground, so I've been a huge fan of uh, Pentagon Dark. Uh, nice, solid performance from Jade. Got some really amazing promos from everybody across the board. Uh, we saw a little bit of Keith Lee. We've seen more of Keith Lee than we have Miro. So maybe Miro might be the face of the Revolution mystery opponent, which that'd be another big guy to put in that you know, that beefy match right there. So I'm I'm liking what they're setting up for Revolution, so I'm going to give it that extra half a point. 
and yeah, JR may not have been on his best tonight, but I think <laughs> when you focus on the matches himself, especially the beginning and the end, get that nice AEW sandwich that we've gotten so accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven, uh, seven point five. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a fair that's a fair uh, a fair assessment. Uh, guys, it is award season, and as always, and uh, what we've been doing every single day and every single week is plugging in the Sports Kita Wrestling Awards. You get to vote on your favorite superstars, your favorite matchups, your favorite duos. Guys, this is a poll that is powered by you, all right? You don't have these other sites that declare that this promoter's a winner or this company's a winner or this wrestler's a winner just because they said so. We don't know who conducted the polls on there, but you guys get to pick, right? You guys have the full control so much right now that we have over 30,000 votes right now on our site. And that's thanks to you guys. And tell your wrestling friends to go and vote at the SportsKitaWrestlingAwards.com. You know why? Because we had a bunch of wrestling media stars who chimed in on the wrestling awards and if you don't know who sound off let me show you who did it's time for the sports kita wrestling awards vote alongside these legends who i think are ready to give us their picks all right suckers give me your pick for sports skeeters wrestling awards male wrestler of the year it's russo you go first male wrestler Roman Reigns, bro. Acknowledge him, bro. Brian Danielson, baby. He had the best deal, no doubt. Dude, it should be Kenny Omega. He's one of a kind, just like me. Okay, guys, forget the men. The female wrestler of the year has got to be DMD. Dr. Britt Baker, come on. Big time Beck deserves it after her big time comeback. Speaking of comebacks, Brock Lesnar is back on top. See him, punk? Had the best comeback, no doubt. Bang! Yes, but MJF has him on the ropes. You know it, and they know it too. You know, MJF is so good, you can't turn the channel. No moment last year was bigger than Rob Van Dam entering the Hall of Fame. You, you kidding me, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Better yeah. Come on, man. Guys, 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 you have to make up your mind quickly. We don't have much time. Tell me he did not just say that. Well, we have heard from the legends, and now it's time to hear from you. Go vote now. Sportskeeda.com backslash wrestling dash awards and vote to win exciting prizes. That's right, guys. So make sure you head on over right now or when the show is over to sportskeeda.com forward slash wrestling dash awards. Again, that's sportskeeda.com forward slash awards. Rico, let's move on over to NXT 2.0. We had a pretty fun episode uh, after Vengeance Days uh, last week. Uh, or, yeah, Vengeance Day, yeah. Uh, we had a pretty good show. Broadbreaker opened up the show, started off with a promo about standing the liver. Uh, but Dolph Ziggler immediately interrupted on there and said, how do you know you're going to be championed by standing in the lever, you know? Uh, so clearly this thing is still going on. Later on in the night, Ziggler had the matchup with Tommaso Ciampa because uh, Tommaso Ciampa beat him the previous night on Monday Night Raw oh, wow. in a tag match, yeah. right? Teaming up with Finn Balor, which is 
such a great team. (laughs) Blow my mind, right? I'm like, what just happened here? Uh, But Tommaso Champ ended up losing because the cameraman attacked him from behind, revealing later on that it's the glorious Robert Roode reuniting with his dirty dog friend, Dolph Ziggler. They start teaming up and beating up on Champa. Then Prom Breaker comes in, cleans up house, and it uh, looks uh, at some point we're going to get. I'm not sure if it's going to be next week or in the next few weeks. We're probably going to get a tag match next week, maybe mm-hmm. on Raw. I'm not sure if it's going to be on Raw, but maybe it's probably going to be on NXT. Uh, the Dirty Dogs versus Breaker and Champa. The smart way of doing it would be having on Raw having Tommaso Champa versus Robert Roode. But bring Braun Breaker along and have him at ringside, so then you can get people that haven't been following NXT. Uh, you're not—they're not, not going to come out and say that he's the son of Rick Steiner, but you know, it can be alluded to. But essentially, kind of preview what this matchup is going to look like to get more eyeballs on Tuesday night. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get this tag team match. I love uh, seeing Robert Roode back on NXT. It's not the same Robert Roode, unfortunately, but at least he's back. Uh, but one thing you mentioned, and like they really made Tommaso Ciampa look so much younger on Monday Night Raw and on Tuesday with how yeah. dark his beard looked. That dark beard with his blue eyes, <laughs> dark, 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 crazy. But I think that uh, no, that, that's a great team between Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa. But of course, it's gonna make another good team between Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker, who reminded the young pup, as far as I see it, is Ciampa one, Breaker one. So after we deal with these guys. Still got you and me more than likely going to be at standard liver, which, by the way, that's going to be a long Saturday for you, Jose, because that's going to be in the afternoon, followed by night one of WrestleMania. So it's it's definitely it's sweet, well, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to have uh, someone in the home base uh, cover for me those days because I'm going to be exhausted, uh, man. So this matchup with L.A. Night, Yeah. Uh, going up against Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller getting the sneaky win over L.A. Knight with the little help of Sangha on the outside. But it wasn't until L.A. Knight realized what happened and took both Sangha and Grayson Waller out. We ain't, I, I love, dude, L.A. Knight's over big time right now. Yeah, it, it's... And it's just again, it's promos. It's he does a great job, even backstage, just walking around, like talking to himself and really being recorded. Like he is just so great in character, and that just shows the juxtaposition between, you know, AW when you have these guys kind of living that shoot work life with a promo, and then you have mm-hmm. literally a character. Like he plays the character of LA Knight and he lives it, and he just goes a hundred percent with it, and it's fun to watch and it it's captivating. And it pulls us in, which is why he's so over. So give him the mic at any time, and he's going to deliver. So even though it's still him versus the Grayson Waller effect, as long as we have L.A. Night on our TVs on Tuesdays, it's going to be fun to watch. And that not just truth. That's just a fact of life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, had, uh, we have a new team here for the Women's uh, Dusty Roads Classic. Dakota Kai apparently is teaming up with Wendy Chu. Wendy Chu ended up signing both of them up for the tourney. Uh, so they're in there. So I don't know what she's saying to us. She's still talking to himself. But apparently Wendy Chu knows the other entity, right? So she's the one who found out about it. 
I don't know where this is going. She has her own second entity, so that's probably why she knows. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they, you know, Mei Ying and Dakota Kai's other half talk. So, right, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had another vignette with Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez as duo training for the Dusty Cup. This time, they went to a tree park. They went some zip lining. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez conquered her fear of heights. Uh, looked like a ton of fun. Nice dynamic. I think this is really, really cute. Then we had the first round of the women's Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Io Shirai and KLR. Kaylee Ray going up against Lash Legend and Amari Miller. Before I, I we jump in, we, we, we know that Io and, and KLR got the win here. I was super impressed with Le- with Lash Legend. It's it's a tough spot for her to be in, especially when you're going against you know the all time champ, the the forever champ of the NXT uh, UK Women's Division, and then you have a former NXT champion in Io Shirai. Uh, so at least Amari has been in some matches with you know some other experienced women in the uh, in NXT. So mm-hmm. this was a big spot for Lash Legend, and so it was for her to be able to hold her own against Io and uh, Kaylee Ray. Good for her, you know, to really be able to step up. But you knew. When the team of Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray got together, it's 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 they're gonna make it to at least to the finals. But uh, Omari Miller had no chance. She should have probably stuck with Wendy Chu. Maybe she would have had a better chance. But uh, yeah, we we know what this is heading. Especially now that we saw the introduction of the Toxic Lounge, because for every match of the Women's Dusty Cup, we have Toxic Attraction just on the stage watching the competitors compete. Uh, so we already know that out of the eight teams, one of them advancing is the team of Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. All right, let's address the, uh, the, the 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 big debut of last night, the much anticipated oh. debut of Nikita Lions. Uh, we will acknowledge Nikita's cakes. Yes, we will acknowledge that. I, listen. Nikita Lyons was an absolute star last yeah. night. She beautiful. She looked awesome in the ring. That ring attire, though, I don't know. Listen, the ring attire really accentuated her assets. But I don't know if it's the right attire for in-ring competition. You feel me? But it was. I enjoyed this one better I than the... I, I, the one that she had on 205 Live, which, by the way, uh, RIP to 205 Live. I'm level now up. it's a level up NXT or NXT level up. Uh, but she had, like, the spiked gear from, uh, uh, was it Big Bertha from the Super Mario movie? Oh, God. Where she had the, this, this, the spiky, like, one-piece outfit that she had on. So that, that was a little too rough. I did appreciate this one this much more. It felt like, you know, she was a little bit more flexible. It had a little bit more movement to her. Uh, maybe she was able to show off a little bit more, especially her flexibility, uh, because it looks like her finishing move is going to be that's a split drop, which I'm 100% okay with. Uh, but yeah, I think like she just showed and the fact that she was like she was doing kip ups in the middle of the match, too. So it goes to show like she while she is on the, you know, the taller, the bigger side, she's very agile. So it's like saying like Nia Jax, but not as stiff. Right, like a little bit more agile than like a Nia Jax, but I'm excited yeah, to see uh, what they're going to be able to continue to do with Nikita Lyons because I think she could be a force to reckon with, especially against like a Raquel I think, Gonzalez. Yeah, I think she's being lined up to you know. There's a lot of hype behind her. When we interviewed her back during the tryouts at SummerSlam, that was back in August, man. 
Uh, she was being really hyped up by uh, by Triple H back then in Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe was handling a lot of that stuff when we interviewed both of them. So uh, I think there's a lot of hype behind her. There's, they, they really uh, have a vision for her. And uh, and she really is a total package, man. So uh, we'll, we, we're going to keep our eye on her. I think she did awesome. And I think there's going to be a big, bright future for uh, for Nikita Lyons. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And bigger, I mean, a bigger future than right now than Dante Chen. Because even though he came back for his vengeance. Oh, God. After Vengeance Day against Duke Hudson, didn't work in his favor. And it was all coming up Duke because later on in the night, he wound up getting a, a nice little nice little kiss from Persia Parada in the face of hey, Indy Persia. Hartman. What are you doing, Persia? Oh, gross. Uh, you know, hey, you liked it. You, you, know, you liked and then, it. And then Dexter Dexter like there. I felt so bad for Dexter. But Me again, too. the novella continues, bro. The novella, the novella between Indy, Dexter, and now Duke Hudson continues. So I'm pretty sure it's going to lead up to a big match between Dexter and Duke. Maybe we have a Indy on a pole match or something. Oh, God. Uh, Steven <laughs> Chambers watching us here on Facebook. Any predictions on who will win the women's tournament? I'm picking EO and K. Want to take an early, early prediction? It should be Team Ninja, man. Like... We've been pushing for them for so hard, but they keep doing this whole will they, won't they teams. But of course, we have uh, the master. Weren't they, of- weren't they a last year's Dusty Classic? Yeah. And, yeah Wasn't there a lot of hype team. last year behind there also in the Dusty Classic? So the only like legit team other than Veronica Feroz and uh, her partner, Ulyssa Leon. That's like the only other legit team. Everybody else has been kind of like spliced together. When you got Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai, Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, there's only two real tag or three real tag teams with Indy and Persia, Team Ninja, and Ulyssa and Veronica. Like it should be a legit tag team. And even though uh, Wade Barrett, the master of all guesses, is saying Indy and Persia. The mm-hmm. whole thing between Dexter and Duke, and I think that's going to interfere that's with all distract, that. That's going to distract so Indy because we saw how that happened. So it should be, out of all the things that's happening, it should be Caden Carter and Casey Canzaro because I think those ladies deserve it, even though they're doing this whole weird thing with Briggs and Jensen and the friend zone and all that stuff because, of course, we got a whole segment where they're trying to set him up with a, like a Tinder profile doing a video. Bro, all you need is a picture and a profile. It's mm-hmm. not that hard. But apparently, yeah. you know, they're just you know, messing around with each other. And it took the other girl, who's the bartender, but now apparently she works backstage and she also sets up Tinder profiles. She's doing it for Briggs, so, uh, uh, for Jensen. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if the love story plays out for him. But I think overall, when it comes to Dusty Club, my, my prediction should be Casey and Casey. So. Uh, I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think there's a strong case for Cora Jade and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I would love to see the matchup with Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez and uh, and Cora J just because of the storyline between Raquel and Dakota. I think that would be fun to pick that up because they were the champions last year. Uh, I I can see Cora and Raquel. I don't. I'm not feeling Casey and and uh, and Caden right now. I, I'm really not. I'm not feeling their gimmick. I'm not feeling the the party gimmick. I really feel like they should just split them up, to be honest. Oh, and EO and, and KLR, I think because they're both like big time champion, former champions, I think 
they don't need the win. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Andy. I think I'm gonna go with uh, with Wade, bro. With Wade Barrett. Indian I think, I think Persia. Andy, Andy and Persia. Yeah, I think that's I, a strong case. Yeah, I would be. I would. I would be surprised that happens that way too. I mean, I mean, Raquel really shouldn't have a fear of heights anyway, considering who she's dating. But that's that's besides the point. Uh, but we did get a celebration between uh, the Creed brothers and Diamond Mine, of course. You know, having officially won the men's Dusty Cup, uh, only to be interrupted by Imperium. And I just love any interaction between Gunta and Malcolm Bivens because it's always gold, whether it's on social media or in person. Because as this happens, of course, there's this big brawl between Creed Brothers and Imperium. Gunta is over here approaching Malcolm Bivens, but here comes Solo Sokoa. And then Malcolm Bivens just in the corner as Solo's taking him out. As he tries to approach him later on, and it's like, hey, thank you for everything. He's like, dude, I didn't do it for you, man. And Malcolm is trying to go for the high five. He's like, no, I didn't do it for you. I did this for me. And he walks off, and then Malcolm is just still staying there. And then I think Mackenzie was there. And, like, I would have at least done this and just walked away. But I, Malcolm Bivens, to me, is still my favorite manager on 2.0. You know, but I like funny, how this match is shaping up. It's funny that you say that about Malcolm Bivens. Jeremy Bennett, one of my other contributors on uh, on, on Top Story, that's his one of his favorite general managers or, you know, ballet or whatever you want to call him. And he put out a tweet that Malcolm Bivens is on his Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling managers. And he got that like and retweet, dude. That was awesome. That's uh, mm. He's hilarious, bro. I think he's great. Um, and, and he has a great chemistry as that heel, you know, being smaller against these bigger. It's, it's hilarious. He's a great guy. He's just got so, such great comedic timing. And he can, and you can tell, like, he just feeds off of that moment. And he's just there to just hype everything up and just make it that much more dramatic, especially when you have that difference in stature, especially between a guy like Gunter, especially we kept calling him Gunner the entire time. All right, Gunner. Yeah, I see you in Imperium Gunner. It's Gunter. Gunter. All right, Gunter. <laughs> so I just love that. All right, Gunner. That's what I said, Gunner. <laughs> He's doing a much better job than Robert Stones and the Geico Caveman, but, you know, at least that's a thing that's still happening, so... Hey, hey, put some respect on Valen Wagner's name, bro. I'd, I'd rather be enrolled in Andre Chase than just part remember. of the Robert Stone brand. <laughs> <laughs> We're just living in Von Wagner's world, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I'll destroy you. With his like... big ass forehead. <laughs> and those. This is not a teachable <laughs> moment, Jose. At least uh, Bodie Hayward is learning something when he kicked the other kid out of the class for talking about intestinal fortitude. So. Andre Chase, little by little, is starting to win me over. Yeah, he's a, he's a fun character. He, he is. Uh, guys, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you thought about this week's NXT 2.0. I thought it was a fun, entertaining uh, uh, episode. A lot of stuff uh, building up for the Dusty Women's uh, Club. We did with the vignettes. Um, the closing out match with Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode showing up. I thought that was pretty cool. Um I'm going to nitpick a little bit on Braun Breaker because his promo isn't very good right now. Um, Like he shows a lot of intensity, but you can tell that he's, you can tell he's nervous. If I can tell that he's nervous, that means people in the back can tell that he's nervous. Uh, So no, he's like, I don't care what you want to do. We can just fight. I feel like he was rushing to the, through the promos. And I think, I think he needs to slow down a little bit. Okay. Uh, He's gonna get there. I'm not. I'm not worried yeah. about it. Oh, if it cool. becomes, if if it becomes a 
a consistent thing week after week, then I'm going to be worried about it. But, you know, they don't put the mic on him that much. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's going to come with time and whether he and gets with a manager discipline. like, like Paul, like what, whether he gets like a Paul Heyman or anything. Like I think what he does is he sees uh, Brock Lesnar and he wants to do that because Brock gives off this presence of intensity without having to be intense, but you don't have to, you can be intense without having to be fast and quick. You can be intense and purposeful without having to rush through your promo. So mm-hmm. he's he's gonna get there. Um, but overall, I'm gonna get I'm gonna give it a six point five. Like to me, <laughs> it, it really didn't do much, especially when you compare it to uh, tonight's uh, dynamite. But I did like the the segment between Carmelo Hayes and Trick, and now we have Pete Dunn. Uh, who is challenging for the NXT North mm-hmm. American Championship? But you still have Cameron Grimes, and we got to see a match between Trick Williams and Cameron Grimes, which was entertaining. Uh, but other than that, when you talk about the promos that we saw tonight versus what we saw yesterday, it's night and day. Um, so for that, I can't be on the same level as with AEW Diamonds. So I'm going to knock it down a point. I'm going to give it 6.5. You AEW Stan. That's what you It's are. here, Jacksonville. What can I do? You're a Stan, damn it. Ah, it's all right. We love you anyways. We love you. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, as always, thank you so much for joining us here on the show today. We really appreciate you. We love every single one of you that joins us every single week here on The Debrief and that tunes into every, all of our content, including the top story, Legion of Raw, Smack Talk, everything that we got going on. We really appreciate you uh, for showing all the support. Continue showing us the support by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Right now, our YouTube is down. We will have it back up. You guys be the first to know, but make sure you are liking and sharing on Facebook, all right? Sharing your favorite wrestling group, tag your friends in the comment section so that way they know uh, that they can join in in the conversation. So we really appreciate you guys. As always, give us a follow on the socials at Jose G Official, at Rico El Glorioso on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, wherever you can find me. Those are our handles as well. We are live tomorrow night. Uh, Recons of Wrestling. Rico and I are going to be going live at 8 p.m. Uh, we're going to be talking about everything that went down in the week, the wrestling news, uh, and now the buildup for uh, WrestleMania since Elimination Chamber happened last week. So we're going to jump into that and uh, and a lot more tomorrow. So thank you so much. We're going to be live on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. So make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. Appreciate you guys. We love you. And as always, when you're watching wrestling, what's the most important thing you gotta do rico enjoy it enjoy wrestling yeah watch out watch out watch out watch out another shocking move cesaro arguably one of the greatest in-ring performers of his generation is leaving wwe that's right Cesaro is leaving WWE on some odd terms. We'll get into that. Plus, we have news about Jeff Hardy and his expected jump to All Elite Wrestling following his release from WWE a few months ago. Oh, we're not done. We have even more contract news. Brian Cage, who many people thought was going to be out of All Elite Wrestling, he is now staying with the company, reportedly. And MJF kissing that ring makes the wrestling world talk and, and shed a tear at the same time. It's today's Sports Keto Wrestling top story of the day. You share the link of your stink.
people yelling that we were late here today. Annie Wilson saying, I got to wait another 12 minutes. What the F? <laughs> so much. No, no, we uh, we just had to push the start time out because Facebook uh, gets nuts if we're a little late. And then, yeah, yeah. So we, we had to deal with that. So we're, And then we're, we can only go 15 minutes out on Facebook. We can start early when we reschedule. Thank you guys for being patient and joining us here. We have a lot of news here. If you're with us live, you're with us on demand, it doesn't matter. Let's get right into it. Cesaro out of the WWE. Give me the details. Uh, PW Insider here uh, with some uh, very uh, uh, sh- shocking news uh, late this afternoon uh, where they have indicated that Cesaro has quietly exited the WWE. His current contract expired. Uh, he last performed on February 11th, losing to Happy Corbin on SmackDown. Uh, the two sides had been in negotiations, uh, but uh, uh, did not come ter- to terms to a new agreement. Uh, what had happened, uh, one source said that uh, WWE did offer Cesaro an extension on his current deal, and mm-hmm. uh, he ended up turning it down. Uh, so this is a case where uh, Cesaro's contract has expired. There is no 90-day compete because the contract has expired. Uh, Cesaro had been slated to be at SmackDown's uh, taping here uh, tomorrow in Hershey, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Obviously not going to be there anymore. Uh, the 41-year-old Swiss Superman had been in the WWE since 2011 when he inked a deal with uh, FCW, and uh, he, he has uh, numerous accolades to his credit, but no world title. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was in the world title picture with Roman Reigns a, a little while ago, and uh, then that cooled off and really did not seem like there was any kind of steam building at all again for that uh, for that. Uh, type of deal uh further uh furthermore with uh fightful select uh or not select but fightful confirming uh the information as well uh you know and, the, and the, there was it was pretty interesting because uh they'd indicated you know we, we were all under the uh, impression that fightful had or, or not fightful we were that you know i think fightful reported that that cesaro had signed an extension and whatnot um, that would have been, been 2020 one year new, ago, one yeah, year ago, they one reported. year ago. But I guess some of those deals in the pandemic were were restructured mm-hmm. so that the, the release date was cut down because mm-hmm. I think during the pandemic, WWE did that across the board. That's why we saw Kevin Owens like had a deal that was supposed to be up in 2024. Those deals were reorganized and then ended an earlier point. I think because WWE didn't know what they were going to do with their roster when the pandemic happened. Yeah. There's been some speculation about that, but no one in the WWE has gone on record of how those deals were reorganized. But that happened with many, many superstars across the board. And furthermore, on the Fightful Select report, immediate reaction from those within the company was disappointment and dismay yeah. because Cesaro has been one of the most universally liked talents on the roster. Uh, Fightful was told this is not a case of WWE not wanting him there. In fact, he was offered a new contract. Um, let's see. Uh, WWE confirmed to Fightful that Cesaro was on a one-year extension. So I guess that was only, uh, you know, the report from last year where he signed an extension was only for one year. So it wasn't a complete re-sign. There were plans to use Cesaro on upcoming shows, um, but there had been no long-term creative plans for Cesaro uh, unless the new deal would have been reached. Uh, Cesaro then lost his last seven televised matches going all the way back to November uh, and we're told there was no indication he was going to resign, so no incentive to push him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one source has indicated this isn't the first time this has happened, as they recalled uh, contract negotiations last year caused Cesaro to be pulled from a top ten- contender gauntlet match because he hadn't signed. So, 
Uh, and that very, makes sense. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's like if you're any promotion, you have a guy in that position, you don't know if he's going to sign or not. That's reasonable. Now, WWE's done something with a CM Punk where they literally put the guy in a main event of a pay-per-view and they know he's going to sign with the company and they, they yeah. you know, roll the dice. Uh, this is a surprising move just because Cesaro for fans, especially the last 10 years, has been has been the mechanic of mm-hmm. WWE. And I mean that in the sense of um, a guy who you know when he's in a certain position is going to steal the show. Uh, he's in that Dolph Ziggler position where, uh, all right, we got this issue, we got this. Smash glass and uh, smash glass in case of emergency, and here comes Cesaro to save the day, right? Yeah, and and that happens with WWE. That's happened with AEW a little bit with injuries and different shuffles, and and you've seen it on Impact as well. Someone steps up. He's a guy who stepped up so many, many, many times. And uh, um, yeah, you know, it, and uh, let's throw this in here. A uh, uh, regular on the channel here, Philip. Happy birthday today, Phil. Happy birthday, Phil. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, um, so it's interesting. I mean, uh, now three fourths of the famous up, up, down, down show to party is mm-hmm. uh, gone with only Xavier Woods still remaining. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Cesaro goes because a lot of people regard him as one of the, the best wrestlers today, like best technical wrestlers today. You could say uh, AEW's probably going to make a push. Wouldn't be surprised. He's got a lot of friends there. He's free, he's free um, to show up right now. Ring, uh, Ring of Honor, be dumb not to reach out to him to see if he could make a return to Ring of Honor. I, I'm sure he could probably be a future Hall of Famer with Ring of Honor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if they Claudio are, Castagnoli has a lot of history there. If they're going to do this on a uh, a regular basis, of course, Impact Wrestling is a uh, is growing, and mm-hmm. and it, even though they're on Access TV that has limited access, uh, pun intended. Uh, they've been growing in the ratings and getting more, more, you know, more eyes on the product. And, um, you know, a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about no surrender, their last pay-per-view special that was, uh, last Mm -hmm. week. So, you know, impact is kind of, if, if impact could just get a bigger deal, a better deal with a better channel, I think they would really start to flourish again because it's been a good product, but, uh, Honestly, I think with Adam Cole in AEW, one of his best friends, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. That, you know, a lot of people, you know, the default, people think the default is AEW. I don't always say that. You don't always say that. But in this case, I think it it's probably the thing that makes the most sense, don't you believe? It makes the most sense. Um, and he's 41. So the fact that WWE would offer him a new deal means they trust him. They trust his body. I mean, he's one of those guys that has a phenomenal physical condition uh, and has that deceptive strength. But the fact is, you know, WWE would push him and pull back and push him and pull back. And they did that for 10 years. And it was a matter of, uh, I don't want to say diminishing returns because people believed in this guy, liked him enough where they didn't care that he couldn't cut the best promo. They didn't care. Like it, it like I think fans just love Cesaro because they knew he was such a great wrestler and could do dynamic things with his character. They're, you know, changing mm-hmm. the entrances, the the different tag team. He's arguably one of the best tag team wrestlers the last 25 years for the stuff he's done in WWE with two different pairings with uh with TJ Kidd and then with Sheamus. Two of those best teams that put on some real legitimate, you know, five-star bangers for mm-hmm. WWE. Uh, and did some great stuff as a solo guy. But you didn't want to pull the trigger with him and make him a world champion. It wasn't the right time for him to beat Roman Reigns earlier this year. He had one of the best matches for WWE earlier this year. Yeah, he did lose on the way out here recently. Um, but, you know, 
it's not Thanks. all bad. It's not yeah. all bad. He gets also he gets to leave on his own terms. Not a, you know that that's kind of fun and exciting. So you mentioned all the different options he has. Independent wrestling gonna be popping off WrestleMania weekend. I'd be surprised if he wasn't in an event that weekend in Dallas. If he wasn't doing something that weekend in Dallas, or maybe he just wants to chill out for a while before he gets back in the game. Or you know, I'm not gonna say he's done with wrestling. You know, um, and who knows? Maybe maybe WWE secures some other deal with him in some other way. Uh, we don't know. We've seen that happen with Drake Maverick just this last week. He got released, and then they found a role for him off camera. I'm not saying that's going to happen for Cesaro. I think this no. guy's a domino. He still wants to and go out there and have banger matches. Uh, I do right think here. you're going to see him in the ring. I do think you're going to see him in the ring soon. Right here. I mean, Cesaro's got a lot of good friends here from Ring of Honor and WWE, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I fully, I fully, ex- AEW makes the most sense out of this. It makes the most sense, but it is one of those returns that won't surprise anyone. You know, like it is one of those returns. Now you start seeing so many people jump over, you know, now you have to find a way to make these combinations of guys you've seen around television for the last 10 years. Interesting. You know, Uh, I do like it, though. You haven't seen Cesaro a whole lot with CM Punk. They had some interaction for three or four years, but they never had full full programs. You can do him with MJF. You can do him and all these different people. There's a lot of great combinations. Him and all Elite Wrestling makes I mean, complete sense. Makes complete uh, sense. You know, you, you need to get on the phone with your peeps there in AAW and get yourself a Claudio-Josh Alexander match stat. Well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Here's <laughs> the thing. We, we have Ace Steel on our next coming show, which is pretty sweet. And Ace has been working in off-air roles in wrestling uh, for a long time. He was part of the Second City Saints crew with CM Punk and Cole Cabana. In the early 2000s, you have a guy who's getting back into indie wrestling in his 40s, but still looks great. He's going to be on our next show. Go get your tickets. AAWPro.com. AAWPro.com. March 19th, Logan Square Auditorium. We're going to be live on Fight.tv. Go check that out. I would love to see Cesaro pop up at this. Jeff Hardy, he will be hitting the road with his brother on a reunion tour of sorts after a very... uh a very testy exit from WWE. Now he's been doing these signings and solo musical concerts. He's done his music thing on the side for a long time. And he basically does meet and greets at all of these. Uh, And he did one and this video comes out and a fan's talking to him and everyone's going to be asking him for him. And Jeff's Jeff, Jeff has no filter. If you get Jeff Hardy nine times out of 10, you're getting Jeff Hardy saying exactly what he thinks in that moment. Uh, he he did not protect the business or the kayfabe of, oh, Jeff Hardy just showed up at all. He wrestling Jeff Hardy's all eight. Oh, well, he just said, hey, are you going to AEW? He's like, yeah, I'm going. I'm really excited. But, I mean, <laughs> how uh, this surprises absolutely the, nobody. There, there's a video. We have this video up at sportskeeda.com. It's widespread right now. Yeah, it, it, it surprises absolutely nobody, though. We knew. Uh, Matt basically said it almost the day he was fired that basically he's going to join them over there in AEW and they're going to have one more run uh, as a team. And so this this is it's kind of interesting how it is news. But at the same time, we know it's coming, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's it's just an inevitability of waiting for that 90 days to run out. I do. I agree. I don't think it's too much of a surprise. I don't think uh, in this case, specifically with Jeff, like it's. It's when, not if, and it doesn't give something away. I think Cesaro, because it's so fresh out. If like someone knew he was going to all Elite wrestling now, then you got a problem. Then yeah. you got contract tampering. Then you got yeah. somebody talking to you while you're under a deal. You know, that's a completely different circumstance, and that's something you would need to keep quiet. And you want to protect the the ooh and ah and the surprise of it. And you know, um, I mean, like, we knew we knew CM Punk was showing up in Chicago, like right at the big show they had at the United Center, right? Yeah. But they were so protective of that secret. 
so protective of it and really let fans do the talking for them. In this case with Jeff, it was just, we just knew Matt, Matt's there. He's got to go there. They only have how many more years left in their career. It made more. It's, it's obvious. It's a little bit easier to connect those dots. Yeah. And um, you know, basically, you know, he's been doing these tours. He came to my, he came to my town. I wasn't able to go. I I think I, that was when I had COVID uh, in January. So I wasn't able to go. And, um, you know, that's kind of, kind of, kind of sad. It would have been great. I had some friends that got to meet him and, and that was really cool too. So, but I think that 90 day, I can't, I'm trying to find when that 90 day no compete is, if that, if that is before or after revolution, I wanted to say it's after. I want to, I want to say it's after he, it is, he got it's after it's yeah after. he got released on the ninth mm-hmm. ninth of it's, December. Gonna be, it's gonna be after so, it's gonna be a, yeah it could it could he could be like basically dynamite or the yeah the dynamite after is gonna probably be yeah. where, where he shows up james uh mccrosin here with this uh jm3 let's go with that uh full name here says i love cesaro and jeff going to aew but they have so much talent already that they hardly use anyone this is true. This is a problem. They have a lot of talented people that are sitting on the sidelines right now. Big Show is not even being used. Well, he's not supposed to be used. He's more of a he was signed to be a backstage guy and a commentator. He's he was rarely going to be used in the ring. So mm-hmm. uh, he left WWE to wrestle again, and I really believe AEW needs two shows similar to Raw and SmackDown. Um, but I do get, I do think ahead. Tony needs to get off of the rampage has to be one hour regardless that needs to be two hours i i think it needs to be two hours to make it thursday uh or friday you know friday's tough because you, unless you want to go head to head to smackdown can't it's you hard to do, do it you don't want to do it it's, it's hard to do two hours at 10 cent at 10 eastern mm-hmm. so you know that's the other problem do you make it a saturday night like uh, the nwa and w and in wcw days before uh, the Monday Night Wars, do you make it a Saturday night type of deal? Maybe that's the best route to go. I I don't know, but the, uh, Dynamite almost needs to be two hours. Um, and, and, and you know, a lot of their stuff, and you know, two of their shows are on YouTube, so a lot of people don't catch those, and so that's why people think they don't see them. But yet, the, a lot of these people are on Dark and, and and Elevation, but it's just hard for everybody to catch everything. I don't even catch Dark and Elevation myself. No, uh, so but that's where Big Show is. You know, <laughs> like. So, I mean, that's the thing is you got people that go there and they want to do some things and really change the world. I'll tell you what, like the common people or the the, the diehards may not all uh, get turned it all, tune it all in. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's those shows on YouTube do very well. They they pop a a good live number for in terms of streaming Mm -hmm. and they pop a good number in views. So true. You know, nothing to bat an eye at. But here we are. We're in a real wrestling war. You got people going back and forth. Yeah. You got Cody Rhodes going to WWE. We expect it any day now, right? And you had plenty of guys go to All Elite Wrestling here. So this is how things are working out. Now, one move that is surprising here is as we talk about people coming in to All Elite Wrestling that are free agents and available, there was people that were going to have their deals not renewed. That is what uh, Tony Khan and AEW's running talking point is is that we're not going to cut anybody unless they are like they break some ethics policy with us or they do something outrageous right Mm -hmm. um or we we come to some agreement that we have to let them go now there's some people that are on the fence uh, about getting let go that their contracts are going to come up that signed that first wave of all elite deals in 2019 uh all kept those people during the pandemic when who knows what wrestling was going to be then and we're still kind of getting our way through it even though we're back on the road again right um god forbid we have another wave of those issues right um so 
we have someone that many people thought was in that camp of people that was not going to get re-signed, that was not going to get a new deal. And that is Brian Cage, former Impact World Champion Brian Cage was one of those names that was expected not to sign a new deal or not be offered a new deal. Uh, and some people were very surprised by this. Fightful Select reporting that Cage was uh, backstage saying that he was offered a new deal, an extension on his current deal, and that uh, it was something that he, even he was a bit surprised by and some other people were surprised by uh, since he has not been used on television since October. So that's a long time not to be on TV. You know, it, the thing was with Cesaro, like, yeah, he was losing matches, but he was on SmackDown, most watched show on television. Uh, lost matches, but was featured, you know, uh, for a long, long time here in the past few months. Like, even just, what, a few weeks ago, he wasn't at Crown Jewel. There was nothing on the table for him at Crown Jewel. So it, it makes a little bit more sense. Brian Cage, we just, we were just a matter when, you know, yeah. this guy was already active on the independent circuit. Uh, plenty, of the guys, plenty of the guys in AEW can be, you, mm -hmm. depending on what your deal is. You, you can be. You don't have live uh, events to worry about. You don't have to be on the road 300 days a year with the company. No, there's no house shows. It's not the same type of structure. And there's certain guys in tier deals, too, that are allowed to do that. And, and Cage is one of those guys that is allowed to do that. Um, and he's active with Warrior Wrestling here in the Midwest. He does some stuff on the on the West Coast where he's based out of. Um, so it's it's surprising. It is surprising to me that cage is still with the company is this uh what do you think this is on the surface what's his future uh, you wonder if tony's trying to keep people from going to wwe i think so uh but at the same time we, you, we all know what wwe's uh motive is right now in terms of getting people it's it's not getting indie guys not getting older guys it's growing your own young talent which they are doing a good job i mean you look at nxt 2.0 you look at Carmelo Hayes. You look at Tony mm -hmm. D'Angelo. You look at Grayson Waller. All young, all young studs. Yeah, all they under, are all under thirty. Their plan is starting to work. It, it, it though NXT is not reaching the grand scale of what it used to be viewership wise and uh, in the eyes of fans. Uh, they are doing a good job of growing new stars. And of course, you got Braun Breaker as your champion. Yet another. Yet another another example. Um, I don't know if it's a case of of that. Um, I'm assuming. I, I don't I don't know if the wrestler has the option to decline it or not. And uh, you know, and maybe Cage, maybe maybe Cage and Tony have talked. Maybe there is a some sort of a, a long term plan uh, for for him in 2022. Uh, I don't know, but uh, you know that's that's probably a, a conversation that was left between those two guys. But at the same time, you you gotta wonder if 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 Tony's trying to play a little ball too uh, against WWE. I, I maybe it's a combination of both, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just a matter of well, you you oh. have to assume the wrestler has the option to decline that too. I don't know. That's not clear. Yeah. You know, we, well, we, yeah. We, their yeah, their original contract might have had language. Yeah. So we don't know if that if that language is in a deal or not. You know. Yeah. And that deal could be, you just stay with us. If you want to have a televised wrestling role, you're doing that with us. You can do your independent wrestling stuff and make plenty of money on the side and do all those different uh, limited dates. You can't have like crazy dates, right? We, we can claim your dates first if we want to, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting uh, to see how this plays out here. You mentioned um, uh, you mentioned uh, Warrior Wrestling. Holy crap, they got a, a card coming up here uh, on the 12th of March. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Killer Cross has taken on Jake something, and uh, Lance Archer and Jonah, the former Bronson Reed. So a couple of oh, someone's starting some shit with me. You want? You want oh, oh, oh I, think, I think I saw it earlier, but post you want it. me to pull this up? Yeah, I think I saw it earlier. <laughs> you want me to pull it up? I'll pull it up. I think I saw it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I saw. Read that. what Ricky said. Uh, Kev, AEW has way better shows than WWE. Just admit it already. Number one, when did I tell you that one that one was better than the other? <laughs> when, when did I like? When did I say that WWE had a better show? Everything has to do with tribalism. I know, but but Jeremy, what have I ever outright said? This company is better than this company. Uh, I haven't no, said that. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't think you've ever said WWE no. is better. You just apologize for them when they don't really deserve it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Fine. Fine. But I also don't feel the need to like jump at their neck every five seconds is that fair like to me mean? it's just like wrestling i move on to the thing i like and i understand like this is a huge deal cesaro's leaving this sucks you couldn't get jeff hardy to stay what the hell is going on right and then all the wrestling you're losing cody who's like the heart and soul of your brand so there's like stuff you can see both ways i'm pretty yeah. i'm just objective i think i think that's part of it is i'm objective i'm not here let me put it this way this isn't fox news like I'm not, I'm not gonna come on and just give you like propaganda and talk down to you and just tell you the reactionary things you want to hear. Um, this isn't Kev from New York. You know what I mean? This isn't. I'm not doing things to like carny you. Like uh, I'm, I'm talking about wrestling with you. You uh, carny I, I don't piece want... of shit. What? You, you carny piece. Carny that's like the new. Shit. That's the new good. That's the new go-to term on in wrestling now. I've seen it be, being. I obviously. Uh, I think Christian used it a lot on Don Callis. I've been seeing it used on Impact a lot. Yeah. That's like the new popular term. Oh, hey, for us old people. Uh, uh some sad TV news. A uh, Hot Lips passed away just now. They just announced. Oh, Hot Lips who yeah. yeah, she just passed away. Eighty-four. Oh. I believe she she was 84 man i was never a gigantic mash fan but my one of my best friends in college was and so every day before we'd mm -hmm. go to computer science class we would uh, uh sit there eat lunch in his and then watch a little mash before we went to class <laughs> uh kevin O'Shea saying jd from new york yeah I, i've heard of the guy i've heard his channel i've watched his stuff that's his style that's what he they, like he that's his thing he does it and he does it very well what does he Congrats do him the guy has a channel. He's, he's, he's a very, I would say, the from what I've caught, very all eat focused guy. All right, mm. and that's fine. And 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 a very critical thing, right? That's just not my vibe. Does he poop that's on not... WWE all the time? From what I can tell, you know, I haven't watched in a while. You know, thank God we got our YouTube back, right? Yes, our YouTube is back. Everybody, did you, did you notice that? Fun times. Uh, kudos. Oh yeah. To, kudos to our, our our corporate team in India who had to slave over that while they were at a group retreat they were on like a vacation and mm. we had to deal with this huge awful issue here so that was uh boy that was uh boy boy, boy. thank god uh content was preserved let's just say that much uh and thank you guys for checking out supporting the channel through all these different hardships more than twenty six thousand subscribers if you have not done so go ahead and subscribe on youtube turn your notifications on if you're watching us on facebook thank you so so much make, you, make sure your notifications are on there too i know there's this wonky thing recently with uh some people who follow streams on facebook specifically that you don't get the same type of notifications so definitely go and give that a click MJF really got people talking with the things he was talking about. Arguably, people are calling this one of the most best and shocking promos in professional wrestling in recent memory. A man doesn't have to take a bump, but only hold a microphone 
and get people amazed with his promo this week on Dynamite. It has gotten a widespread acclaim. Uh, I've heard nothing but great mm. things about it. I've had friends tell me it was maybe the best promo they've seen in ages. It could be his pipe bomb. And the wrestling world has reacted. What do they say? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this was basically, this is odd to say. I mean, in the end, it, it's to screw CM Punk and, and, and whatnot. But, yeah. uh, I mean, we all, it's still, we all, it's still we all, a performance. We all know MJF. But on the surface, kayfabe speaking, this was a babyface promo. And there was no screw uh, against CM Punk when he came out, you know, came out and he asked Max, he goes, is, was this real? And Max, with tears in his eyes, said yes. I mean, Maxwell basically told the story of his life uh, growing up as a, a young Jewish boy. And man, it was um, it was basically a babyface promo. There was no heel MJF in this thing at all last night. It was just tremendous to see. Uh, first off, before we get to uh, reaction around the world, Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Maxwell's mother. Uh, she tweeted out uh, this morning saying, wow, Max, I started to lose hope that you would ever be a decent human being again. Played a little kayfabe. <laughs> Gotta love his mom protecting the business. Uh, his parents are great. If you ever see them at shows, they bring they have signs. The sign, Our son is. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow, Max, I started to lose hope that uh, that you would ever be a decent human being again. I'm very proud of you for last night. You reminded every kid out there that they can be anything that they set their mind to today. I am a proud mom. Uh, and, and this is true. I mean, we let's just take away the fact that MJF is the greatest heel in the business and just uh, praise him for that, for putting that out there. Cause that's gonna, that that's a very, even though we all know, we, we all know what this is leading to. Let me, I got a little something to add to that in a minute, but let's all expect that this is leading to uh, him letting Punk, getting having Punk let his guard down, and then he's going to attack Punk, you know. Uh, we all expect that, but what if it isn't, Kev? What if the unthinkable happens and they do a double turn? It's I don't not, know. I don't expect it because there's so much else on the table, no. especially the Wardlow MJF thing. That's he's got still got to be a villain there. Yeah, there's there's too much on the table for it. But man, what if what if they just pulled off the most amazing double turn in history where MGF made punk look like a piece of shit and punk continues to be that piece of shit and it's not going to happen. I'm going to say 95 to 5, 95 percent chance that that's not going to happen. 95 percent chance that MGF is just going to attack punk low blow him or something while his guards down but he didn't do it last night when he could he could have he could have done that last night and he didn't so that's what makes the moment even more amazing so he's still a wolf in sheep's clothing yep he's still the devil like yep. he's still playing heel and and i understand the humility in the real life thing because that is something that all eat wrestling in the say you're a painter right? You're a painter and you have multiple colors you can work with in terms of vibrations and emotions you can tell in a story. WWE does this a lot and WWE loves big, broad strokes, right? And they love a really defined character that you know when you see comes through the curtain and they, they have something you say and do, right? Ollie Wrestling certainly does that as well, but the, the thing that I think is always creatively risky that Ollie Wrestling does that works for them is this sense of the unscripted promo some of them have worked. Some of them haven't. Mm -hmm. Andrade 
is a guy who needs a script. I think you can, you can mm-hmm. see that now. He's getting like, better, though. I, he's I've getting noticed, better. I've noticed in this past you, you, month. But you, under, you understand what I'm saying, right? I've noticed like, in the past month he's really kind of yeah. putting it together a little better. Yeah, but you, but you still, you're he still like, he doesn't speak English hardly at all, at least when he, no, when he but, came but over that's here. That's a challenge. So. Not, not, yeah. But now you get some things that are kind of like you didn't see before. Yeah. With MJF, this guy has always been a million bucks on the microphone from the word go. Yep. But he's always been a million bucks at playing the hit heel villain his head is on a swivel he can riff on anyone in the crowd he can cut you down he's got his zingers right the 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 trade-off with him and punk for months has been about that so that's the noise that's where this is going it's heavy metal and then all of a sudden i'm gonna stop i'm gonna play a power ballad i'm gonna get a tear out of your eye what so i think that the swerve of it is the most important thing because the volume of it and the speed has been very heavy and mean and last week Punk is going to get you in a dog collar match. It, they've built it up. They've built it up. they built it up. Let's cut the, the, the noise. And the reason you do this is you still got a few more weeks here to this pay-per-view. Yeah. You got oh, wow. to add one more real turn. And yeah. one more real turn is slowing it down. Yeah, so two... the pace... The pace to get it quiet, to pace the pace to make you question everything, the cycle, the psychology of it is so well, good. Actually, next week's to go home, but that's why you do it now. Yeah, you know, so like, so that's why you do it now, and then you find out next week. Oh, that son of a bitch! He was just playing us again, right? Yeah, he was yeah. just playing us. You or you find out at the pay per view. You're sitting there, you're sitting there playing heavy metal, then all of a sudden he he plays some Sister Christian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you you understand what I'm saying? Like, like he he went for. It's it's Metallica's Black Album. Somehow he goes to this even bigger, broader, more cinematic picture, um, and um, and he's a guy who's ca- capable of doing that. Very and, very capable. And, and the world reacted. Obviously, uh, MGF posted uh, after that promo and goes, "That was the hardest moment of my life." Thank you. Uh, I don't know if that was sincere or not on Twitter because he does stay kayfabe usually on Twitter. Uh, uh, Bully Ray saying good stuff from MJF uh, and Eddie and Jericho. They, that was another great promo exchange as well, setting up that match at Revolution. Uh, MJF and I, uh, Amanda Huber, uh, the uh, the widow of John Huber, uh, says, MJF and I have one thing in common. Everything we do in our life is based in spite. <laughs> uh, Captain Sean Dean, well, maybe MJF has a heart after all. Um and uh, guys like Ryan Satin, forever a fan of MJF, and uh, and uh, man, just uh, continuing to go on. Denise uh, Salcedo, a friend of ours, what CM Punk and MJF did tonight was one of my favorite moments in wrestling. Period. That deep promo from MJF had me—he uh, had me really thinking and hanging on every word. CM Punk coming out to ask him if it was real. MJF teary-eyed, loved it all. Um, so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, Scott Fishman. Another uh, great guy uh, down in Orlando uh, in the media says what MJF did tonight was one of the best things I've seen on a mic in modern age. Pulling from past experience and life can have powerful results. Uh, Absolutely. It was something else, man. I think they have one of the hottest angles right now in pro wrestling. Uh, and it hey, is to and me, it's a nominee for Feud of the Year on our. It's a nominee for Feud of the Year. It did start in 2021, so that's why it's up there. Uh, and it, I know that was a little bit of uh, residency, residency technicality. <laughs> yeah, because it was near the end of the year. Uh, but go vote sportskita.com. The Sportskita Wrestling Awards. We have interviews up on our YouTube channel with Renee Paquette, Rob Van Dam, Bill Apter, and many, many more names. All of them talking about this award show that you need to get on because you can win prizes as well. 
There's so much going on with this. Uh, over 50,000 votes have been casted. 50,000 votes worldwide. Worldwide? And then you see all these big names that we've had in the promos for it. They're also casting their votes publicly. So it is the most um, grandest, inclusive, and engaging award show. And you can win some cool stuff, too. Uh, and some some kind of surprising numbers are out there, too, in terms of who the votes are. MJF is doing pretty well uh, on the microphone for Heel of the Year. Uh, Liv Morgan is ahead of Hangman Page for Babyface of the Year, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, usually uh, a lot of the readers and, and voters are going to be a lot, are, are a lot more WWE-centric, so it's interesting to see uh, AEW kind of break through this year. Or you, you have fans pick and choose. because You go through your ballot, you're like, well, I want an AEW guy for this, or I want a WWE guy for this. Like, that's true. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like when you're yeah. voting for your local offices and stuff like that. Yeah, we did I mean, when we did the show last year, it was uh, it was actually my debut on camera for Sports Kita. It was with uh, Denise Salcedo and Rick uh, Uchino and then Jose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, literally every fan vote was WWE beaten. I don't think AEW won a single award, so uh, they're kind of breaking through this year now well and if you're uh you're you're all league for life how dare anyone not vote for ae dobs go vote go like you so you 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 can go do it share the link with your friends as well and uh, once again you could potentially win prizes too we're giving away some video game consoles we're giving away some merchandise all that cool stuff go mm-hmm. check it out right now um of course the continued reaction to this mjf promo brian cage sticking with all elite wrestling and Cesaro leaving WWE, Jeff Hardy basically saying it's all but a done deal that he's going to be all elite. Plenty of news on today's episode. If you're joining us near the end, don't be afraid to go back and check it all out. We will be back for a freestyle Friday edition of the show this Friday. Uh, you'll be able to run the entire final segment of the show. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what questions you guys have now with all these different names shuffling along. Been here. some news this week. Uh, then we got Buddy Matthews debuting last night. Now and hey, who 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 was uh, predicting that he would debut in the House of Black? Huh? 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 I didn't tell you that wasn't going to happen. This is another. You're doing the Ricky Castillo thing where you're no, saying I'm like, doing the Barry Horowitz thing. I'm doing the Barry Horowitz thing. I'm patting myself on the back. I predicted that. Give yourself a scratch. I predicted that for weeks. You deserve a scratch on the back too. I predicted that for weeks. Show off that tricep. That was where they were. That was where they were going to put him. I predicted it for weeks. It makes sense. And it came through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely here. You can get the scoop right here on Top Story. There you go. Top story airing on Sports Game Wrestling. Let me do it again here. All right. You're going to continue to pat yourself on the back until the end of the show. Can't stop until the end of the show. Uh, (laughs) That would be a workout. Yeah. You you really throw out that tricep if you're doing it here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So top story airing 530 Central, 630 Eastern, Monday through Friday right here. We also have pay-per-view post shows. Vince Russo joining us after Monday Night Raw. Dutch Mantel joining us after SmackDown and uh, rampage wednesday nights we have the debrief fresh episode of that up covering this immediate reaction all this crazy news and so much more uh so much more content for you uh if you want to get it on the podcast side of things subscribe on spotify and on apple thank you for the people putting us on the charts there and remember when watching wrestling do the most important thing which is what jeremy don't pat yourself on the back what oh hold on yeah Stop patting yourself on the back. I don't know if you could hear that, but it's time to enjoy wrestling. Yeah. Talk to him. Let me talk to you.